This podcast is sponsored by the Social Enterprise and Crowdfunding Conference. Learn more at secfc.co. Hello, everyone. This is Devin Thorpe for Your Mark on the World, and I am really honored to have a special guest with us this afternoon. We have Topher Wilkins, who is the CEO of Opportunity Collaboration, a, a convening organization that is committed to ending world poverty. I think that's a pretty good goal. Topher, thank you very much for joining us. My pleasure, Devin. Thanks for having me. So tell us about how you're going about ending world poverty. I, I, I think we should do that. <laughs> it does seem like a worthy goal, doesn't it? Yes. You know, our, um, our stance is, Devin, uh, the more partnerships and collaborations for people who have existing solution sets to the end of poverty, the better. Fantastic. The, so tell us a little bit about how you bring together people with all these disparate ideas. Yeah, you know, it's um, we bill it as an unconference, um, which takes a little bit of a backstory. So our founder uh, is a gentleman by the name of Jonathan Lewis. Uh, he also started something called Microcredit Enterprises about 20 years ago. Uh, they were one of the first microfinance institutions based here in the United States, lending to primarily poor women in the global south. Um, so he really rode the wave of sort of the microfinance movement, if you will, if not created that wave to a certain degree. And about uh, five years ago, we started uh, the first Opportunity Collaboration in 2009. Um, he was stepping down from sort of the gamut of his service to microcredit enterprises. So he was the founder, he was the CEO, he was the chair of the board, he was a normal board member, and then finally he was stepping down, and he was considering what was next. Um, and two things were sort of glaringly evident at that point. One was that he had an immense, uh, very powerful network of other leaders in the social sector, other leaders committed to ending poverty around the globe. A lot of those people involved in microfinance at some level, but certainly other walks of life when it came to this type of, uh, this type of work. Um, so on the one hand, he had a vast network. On the other hand, uh, he, had, he had this notion that there must be a better way to bring people together. Um, and the, the funny story I always tell is that he actually developed what he called a bug list, all the things that essentially frustrated him, if not pissed him off, about the way that most conferences were convened. Um, and I can go through the list, but you can you can you could probably guess a few things on there. Um, you know the classic sage on the stage model, where there's nothing but talking heads all day long. Uh, the fact that most conferences, uh, you know, were were some anonymous, boring, you know, sterile conference center environment. The fact that most importantly of all, the, the, the greatest efficacy of these conferences was actually the informal networking that occurred between sessions. Uh, the list goes on and on. But essentially, he, he decided that he could almost do the opposite of the way that most events were structured and create a much more fruitful gathering, a, a gathering that actually harnessed and capitalized the human potential in the room. Yeah, interesting. And so uh, where do you meet and when do you meet? So we meet uh, primarily once a year, every October, around what's called World Poverty Day, which is October 17th, uh, on a beautiful beach on the Pacific coast of Mexico. Uh, it's actually the Club Med in Extapa, Mexico. Uh, and so this year's dates are the 12th through the 17th. 
Fantastic. And uh, is it open to people who want to go, or do you have to apply for admission? How does it work? Yeah, it's a good question. Um, there is a quote-unquote application that people fill out when they're uh, when they're registering for the event. Um, we've been lucky enough to be a sold-out event for the last three or four years, simply based on referrals, nominations, recommendations from people who were there the first couple of years. Uh, so to the extent that we've we very rarely turn people away because they've been referred, because they're a friend, because they're somehow linked to the network to begin with. Um, the application is more or less a registration form for those folks. That said, there have been folks who have applied out of the blue and clearly weren't a fit for the delegate community. Clearly were had some ulterior motive than other than solving poverty uh, to try and join. And for those folks, we unfortunately had to turn them away. Yeah. So how many people attend this event? Yeah, so last year we had 350 delegates uh, at, the, at the Opportunity Collaboration with the addition of about 100 what we call traveling companions. Uh, because we hosted at the Club Med in Ixtapa, it's a very family-friendly resort for those folks who are familiar with that sort of all-inclusive resort environment. It's basically built for families. So delegates can bring their spouses, they can bring their boyfriends and girlfriends, they can bring their children, and as a result of that, there were 450 people there last year, but 350 of those were actual delegates participating in the Opportunity Collaboration. That's great. So what are some of the themes that were developed there? What are some of the really valuable ideas that people came away with? Yeah, great question. Um, you know, we exist for creating tangible outcomes for solving poverty. Uh, and when we say that, there's actually two different buckets that that falls into. One is quantitative, and we do a lot to measure that type of out, uh, that output or that outcome. Uh, and in the quantitative bucket, it comes down to um, so-and-so social entrepreneur, nonprofit leader came to the opportunity collaboration, met so-and-so funder or investor, and as a result, got in, got funded or invested to the tune of X number of dollars. We track that very uh, robustly. Uh, also in that quantitative category, people get hired by various organizations, people join various boards. Um, we've even seen organizations actually merge together to form partnerships, deep partnerships and alliances, if not actual sort of mergers and acquisitions, if you can call that in the nonprofit world. Um, and that's, that's a lot of what we stand for. We exist primarily for those quantitative outcomes. Uh, that move the needle on poverty. However, there's another aspect to what's created at the Opportunity Collaboration, which is more in the qualitative bucket. Um, and what I mean by that is because of this unconference structure that we've created at the Opportunity Collaboration in response to Jonathan's original bug list, um, there's, a, there's a component of what we do that is uh, very much of a sort of soul-searching, deep-dive leadership seminar that we curate throughout the course of the Opportunity Collaboration um, to the point where in those sessions um, tears are shed, uh, strong words are shared amongst delegates. It's a very intense experience and that's a, that's a component of what we do on site. Um, a manifestation of that is that people have a chance to reconfigure their leadership styles. Um, they have a chance to form very deep lasting relationships with one another. Um, you know, they have a chance to rekindle their passion for being in this being in this space. Uh, they form partnerships and alliances as a result of that, but they also form friendships. Uh, <laughs> my best example in that qualitative uh, category is that we've actually seen a few marriages as a result of convening the opportunity collaboration. People literally fall in love uh, as a result of being at the event. 
Well, that should be in the quantitative side. You can't those. Yeah, how many babies were, <laughs> were yeah. recently ever two Now, you said this was family-friendly. I hope you're counting the babies <laughs> nine months after. There you go. Well, uh, Topher, what else is the Opportunity Collaboration doing? I think you mentioned that there are some things other than the big conference. Yeah, so, well, for example, we hosted a reception slash reunion at the Impact Hub here in New York. Uh, and so last night we gathered roughly about 130 people uh, many of whom have been through the opportunity collaboration. Uh, some of whom have not. They are invited by folks who were delegates at one point or the other. And it's a great opportunity to mainly socialize, uh, but when you think about uh, the sort of overall thesis of the opportunity collaboration, it's about connecting as human beings first and foremost that then generates these partnerships and collaborations that gen generate these quantitative and qualitative outcomes. So even this morning I heard of people reporting back to me saying, oh, I met so-and-so at the reception last night, and it turns out we're actually going to be looking at this possible programmatic partnership, et cetera, et cetera. So that also all is to say we host a series of these sort of reunions and receptions throughout the course of the year that link together and sort of bridge the annual unconference in Extapa, Mexico every year. That's great. And so where else do you do receptions besides New York? Yeah, good question. There was actually one in Nairobi, Kenya, about a month ago. Uh, because for, uh, for several reasons there's sort of a concentration of delegates that live in that part of the world. Uh, there will be one outside of Boston, Massachusetts coming up, let's see, next month, June 21st. Um, there'll surely be one in San Francisco in September, uh, and then perhaps even one or more in between now and then. Usually what we try to do, Devin, is link those up with other conferences in this space, other conferences that happen to uh, be convened at various points throughout the year. Uh, so, for example, today in New York City, there's uh, two conferences happening in this space, one called Social Innovation Summit. Right, I've been to called, that a couple yeah. of times. Great yeah, conference. Great. Yeah, it's at the UN happening right now. And one called TBLI, Triple Bottom Line Investing. Uh, so if, whenever we're hosting these receptions, we're starting to track, uh, tack on to existing conferences such we we sort of harness the, the aggregation of people in this space in a given geography. That's great. Well, it's a wonderful program you've got going. Uh, how how did you personally get involved in this? Uh, it's a it's a long and winding road. <laughs> um, you know, it really uh, on a personal level, and then I can get into the per, sort of professional side. But on a personal level, uh, it stems from the fact that um, I was born in a small college town in Vermont, uh, Middlebury, Vermont. Uh, grew up in a small college town in New Hampshire, Hanover, New Hampshire, where Dartmouth College is. Uh, and by the time I was 18, I had enough uh, wherewithal to understand that that was a very small sliver of humanity represented in those communities. Uh, and I was craving something more. Um, I ended up going to undergraduate at Pomona College in the Claremont Schools in Southern California, which is about as far away from New Hampshire as you could get, yep. uh, in, in, in part because I was seeking that, that different sort of lens on humanity. Uh, lo and behold, if anyone's familiar with the Claremont Colleges, they're sort of a Western version of a small mega college town, it turns out. Uh, so it wasn't until I con uh, went on a semester abroad program through what's called the School for National Training uh, that took me to the east coast of Africa. Uh, we spent the first couple weeks in Nairobi, staying with Kenyan families, and we spent the next three and a half months on the on the coast of Kenya and Tanzania. A very deep dive, immersive um, program that that sort of essentially taught us how to become Kenyans at some level to sort of live in that in that culture. 
Uh, mm -hmm. We learned Swahili, we ate Kenyan food, we wore Kenyan clothes, we stayed with Kenyan families. Um, and as you can imagine, it was the first time in my young life that I had actually seen, quote-unquote, the world. Um, certainly sure. seen a, a, a whole other aspect of the way that people lived on this planet. And, and as part of that, there was poverty, extreme poverty. Um, and we, we, we lived with some of those people. We, we slept on the mud floors of the thatched roof huts. Um, and, you know, based on that experience, Devin, I, I finally saw myself within a global context, and I finally realized that I could actually be part of making the world a better place. Um, on a professional level, my wife and I have worked together for about the last 12 years. Um, the first component of that was creating something very similar. I mentioned the Impact Hub earlier, very similar to the Impact Hub in Boulder, Colorado, with a physical space that was both sort of co-working virtual office uh, that was also a convening space that was ultimately sort of curating community for the social sector of Boulder, Colorado. Uh, and as a result of that, we had on a professional level sort of discovered our talents as conveners, as sort of connectors, as, as curators of community for the social sector, and that experience bridged perfectly to the opportune collaboration. So we actually met uh, Jonathan Lewis, the founder, who I mentioned earlier, right before the first event in 2009, and at the time he said, look guys, you'd be ideal to help me run this again. I just don't know if I'm going to do it again. I really want to understand um, whether or not this first one has true impact. Uh, you know, again, based on sort of this bug list, the last thing he wanted to do is create another Talking Heads conference where nothing really happened. So it was it was only a couple weeks after the first opportunity collaboration that my wife and I attended as delegates um, that we met back with Jonathan uh, back in the Bay Area, and he said, okay, I've, I've been inundated with outcomes, all these positive testimonials, people are craving this, this is the best thing since sliced bread in the convening world, and we, we we're going to do it again, and you're going to work with me to do that. Uh, so at that point, my wife and I were brought on as the co-COOs, uh, it wasn't until about a year later that I told Jonathan that um, that he should probably go off and start other social enterprises, and then I could take on the CEO role. And here we are, about four years later. That's great. So it's really a remarkable story and a remarkable organization. Uh, I'm really grateful that you would take time this afternoon to share information with us. T tell tell us now how people can engage with you, how they can learn more about the conferences, and how they can apply, if you will. Yeah, great. Um, you know, the website is opportunitycollaboration.net. Uh, it's a pretty robust website in terms of people who are thinking about getting engaged with the Opportunity Collaboration. Uh, it's also a pretty robust website for those who have been there before. Um, the delegate roster for this year's cohort, for example, is alive and well. This on that website. We're, we're already about 90% subscribed. Uh, for October as a gathering, so there's roughly 250, 260 people on that delegate roster that you can see. Um, we're just now starting to build, the, build out the agenda for this year's gathering, so people are, are welcome to take a look at that as well. Um, of course, there's a Facebook page, there's a Twitter account, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but, you know, I think part of the secret sauce of the Opportunity Collaboration, Devin, is that we're extremely high touch. Um, to the extent that we actually interview before and after the on-site experience itself, literally every single person who's coming to the Opportunity Collaboration. Um, so that is to say, for folks who are interested in engaging, I welcome a one-on-one -on -one conversation. I'm, I'm very open to having those types of introductory conversations with anybody who's interested in being part of the network. 
Fantastic. Well, maybe one last question we should ask is, what is the fee to attend the conference? Ah, good question. <laughs> well, we have um, we have created our own self-sustaining social enterprise purely based on the registration fees. So unlike other conferences where there are corporate underwriters, perhaps foundation sponsors, those corporate underwriters and foundation sponsors have a hidden agenda, perhaps, et cetera, et cetera. We've created, um, we've created an event that solely exists for the delegates, and as a result, we ask the delegates to, to pay what it costs to be there. Um, as you can imagine, renting out the Club Manic Stop in Mexico, a 298-room all-inclusive resort, is not cheap. Um, that said, we charge somewhere in the ballpark of roughly $2,000 all the way up to $5,000 for the all-inclusive registration fee, uh, literally everything except airfare. Uh, so it includes the five nights at Club Med, uh, room and board, all the services that happen throughout the course of the on-site experience, everything that we do in advance and after to connect people to the network. And it's worth noting that we charge that for roughly two-thirds of the delegates that are coming every year. The other third, therefore, are able to attend at a highly discounted subsidized rate as fellows of the Opportunity Collaboration. Uh, people who, through a, a very complex and sort of um, a robust application process are vetted and therefore selected and 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 we we basically decide that they need to be part of the conversation they need to be at the table but through virtue of their application have demonstrated that they couldn't otherwise afford to be there uh, so in the end it's it's a relatively costly event if you compare it to other events however it's an all-inclusive registration fee and it also allows another third of the of the cohort to be there, and typically those are folks from all over the globe who are social entrepreneurs, nonprofit leaders on the ground doing incredibly important work. Oh, fantastic! That's great. And you say it's two to five thousand dollars. Is are you telling me that the price is somewhere in that range, or it varies depending on who you are? It uh, it's somewhere in that range depending on when you enroll over time. So, for example, we start accepting registrations for next year's event this November. And leading up to the end of this year, i.e. November, December this year, uh, it's the cheapest ticket price. And then the price goes up every couple months relatively significantly up to about $5,000. Uh, there's also a room sharing rate in there if you're willing to share a two-bedroom suite with somebody. There's sort of a discount as a result of that as well. Fantastic. Well, listen, uh, Topher, it's a pleasure to meet you, and uh, I appreciate you sharing all this information. It's, uh, I've certainly heard about your event, uh, and from people that are serious about ending poverty, they think it is just the bomb. So uh, <laughs> I appreciate you taking the time to, to tell us the story. So uh, again, thank you. You're absolutely welcome, Devin. My pleasure. I hope to all get right. you there one of these days. Thank you. I would love to be there. Yeah. I dream. I dream of it. <laughs> Dreams of Ecstapa. That's right. <laughs> All righty, let's do some good. Okay. This is Devin Thorpe. Thank you for joining me today for this podcast, which was recorded during a live broadcast of this interview via Google Hangouts on Air. A video recording of the interview is available at youtube.com slash Thorpe. You can learn more about the work of the Your Mark on the World Center at yourmarkontheworld.com. The one-of-a-kind social enterprise and crowdfunding conference on September 26, 2014 at the spectacular Snowbird Resort near Salt Lake City will bring together leaders from across the country in social entrepreneurship, impact investing, and crowdfunding. 
Register before August 31 for just $60 at secfc.co. The roster of speakers will include Rodney Sampson, author of Kingonomics, Francis Batista, the leading animal rights advocate, and other luminaries. See the full list of speakers at secfc.co. Social entrepreneurs attending the conference will have the opportunity to pitch real investors at the conference. Nonprofit leaders will also be given an opportunity to make a pitch for microgrants and to conduct a one-day crowdfunding campaign during the event. Learn more at secfc.co.